concept of the sophomore slump. It's when someone's second effort fails to live up to the standards set by their first effort. Most of the time, it's used to describe when musicians or bands have a hit debut record, but their second record bombs. It's not a hard and fast rule, but it happens enough that it's a thing. And obviously, there are tons of second records that are amazing, but that's not the point. I was thinking about the concept of the sophomore slump the other day. If you make something that everybody loves, and then you make the record that you really, really, really want to make and nobody likes it except for you, is it a success? A while back, I listened to an episode of a fantastic podcast called Cocaine and Rhinestones about Bobby Gentry. I'm not a country guy, so I didn't know who Bobby Gentry was. Her first record sold a bazillion copies because of a single called Ode to Billy Joe. Of course, the thirsty record companies wanted more of that. They gave her carte blanche on her follow-up record, and she made an epic, sprawling, textured, thoroughly modern record that cost tons of money for personnel and studio time. And despite favorable reviews, nobody bought it. All right, some people bought it, but the record company was not happy. According to Wikipedia, Bobby said, I didn't lose any sleep over it. I've never tried to second-guess public taste. If I were just a performer and not a writer, I might have felt more insecure about the whole thing. According to a quote on the Cocaine and Rhinestones website, she also said, success is recognition and an open channel for creative energies. But I'm tired of hearing artists say they don't perform for money. She was under contract, so I assume she got paid. So maybe she really didn't care. But I can't help but wonder how she felt about it at the time. Finishing the record must have been so satisfying. She had creative control and she made the record that she wanted to make. And good reviews are fantastic. But then what? Was she confused, disappointed, or just happy to be making art? I'm guessing that it's more complicated than any of the quotes I've read. I'm pretty sure I would have been okay with it, especially considering the record company paid for it. But I think that I would have also been a little bit confused and disappointed if nobody liked it. You put yourself out there for a reason. It's not just because you want to get paid. You want to be accepted by your peers and you're, you're making this thing for a conceivably huge audience and you assume that they're going to be into it. And then it turns out that you just don't understand what everybody wants. It's great that the record company paid for it and I guess they ate the loss. But I also wonder how she would feel or how I would feel if making that record also bankrupted her. It didn't bankrupt her, so we'll never know. Her career was relatively long and lucrative, and now that record, The Delta Suite, is considered an ahead-of-its-time masterpiece. I had never heard of it before listening to the podcast, but I totally dig it. It's really good. But that has almost nothing to do with today's episode. It's music-related, but it's sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum of country music. This is a good time to let you know that you are listening to episode 19 of Feel Free to Deviate, the podcast about people, their careers, and their relationships with success. My name is Jim Turbert, and I'm the host. This episode features Thomas Margolf. Some people know him as Firestarter. Some people know him as Frau Halle. I just call him Thomas. To my knowledge, he's never experienced the sophomore slump. I met him many years ago at a chip music event in New York City. If you don't know what chip music is, hang in there. We're going to talk about it, or you can Google it. Chip music is not really my thing, but I have friends, and some of them are interested in chip music, and they perform at chip music events. I go to support them because I am a great friend. I met Thomas through my chip music VJ friends, and then he married another friend, and now we hang out sometimes. He's a hardworking man, and he's in demand, but he gave up his job to start a company called XOR Electronics. 
and he designed and manufactured something called the NerdSec. Now he works extra hard, but it's all for him, and that is awesome. I'm not going to tell you any more about what he does in the intro. You'll have to listen for that. Please, settle into whatever you're doing and enjoy my conversation with Thomas Margall. Hi, Thomas. Thanks for being on the show. Could you please introduce yourself and tell me what you do? Yeah, I'm Thomas. I'm in my 40s, father of uh, two girls. I'm a kind of an artist in a way, but I'm also developing synthesizers and making electronic music instruments at the moment. At the moment. At, at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's something I want to keep for the future, of course, but you never know what's, what's going on. And uh, sometimes I'm more, uh, uh, I'm, I'm making music as well, mm-hmm. but uh, that is a bit like I don't really have time to make music at the moment. I keep developing my uh, my products, my synthesizers or yeah. sequencers. And, uh, that with the hope that I would have some time to make music again at some point, but that, that will happen also. Basically, my main thing, what I do, I made my hobby as my uh, company, I would say. Like, and that's why I asked you to come in. Yeah. Because that's freaking awesome. That's like the coolest thing that anyone can do, right? Yes. Well, yes. I don't know if it's the coolest, it, but it's it, really cool. It is. It is. The crazy thing is that it also loses its, uh, the, what you think about what it could be like, oh yeah, I could, could do this all day. Mm-hmm. It loses its, its, its appeal. Yeah, it's a, a bit. It's not like that. I, I, I totally like what I do, but it, it at the moment it gets a job. It's different. It's going to be a different It really thing. feels like a job. Yeah, it feels like a job, and right. and and you 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 feel the pressure that you have to deliver something, and uh, and of course it's always with things. You know, if you, if you make music and people know you, you you have to keep on to deliver Producing stuff. Things, of course. If, if you make art, you and you, you made something, and uh, you got to deliver stuff. You, you're you're only as good as your last hit. Yeah, exactly, and also for yourself, feel like uh, the the uh, thing like you have to go on, and you have to you have to do something. You do you always jump also to the next thing, what you, what you're going to do. And with this here, it's it's like uh, with a job, it's it's like also pressure because it it has to pay your also your money, uh, your income, and uh, yeah, a lot of responsibilities. It, responsibilities, exactly, and that is it's a it's different than than the hobby part because with the hobby part, it's like oh you do something, oh it works for me, it's fine, mm-hmm. and uh, and and in this uh, situation. Situation, it's not enough anymore if it works only for me. Yeah, now it needs to work for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. You know, if you make something yourself, you know the quirks of your stuff. You know mm-hmm. the, the issues. Maybe. Yeah, it becomes and, part of your workflow and, or whatever. Yeah, and, and then it's fine. You know, then it's fine because you can work with it and it, it's not a problem for you because, and you know what you don't have to do. For example, to let it crash. Don't or touch to, that button. <laughs> yeah, for example, yeah. And uh, the moment other people are using your things... It's totally different. And of course, you find out that you forgot about this part and about this part. And then you you, you see your own thing from a lot of different views that mm-hmm. you didn't see yourself, which is also, of course, typical thing about developers and programmers and uh, thing, because it's like uh, s- starting like how you want it. And uh, yeah, right. Lot, not everyone uh, sees it like this. That's That's part of the thing as well. And it's still uh, glorious. It's still nice. It is glorious. Yeah. The whole theme is of the podcast. It's about people talking about their relationships with success. And there are different ways to measure success over time. After this is what, the 19th, the 19th episode. I think most people sort of agree that it's finding some sort of self-satisfaction. It's not necessarily about money. To me, it seems like you've reached a level of success that most, most people maybe never do. You've had this 
hobby of, of making electronic music for however long you've been doing that. We can get into that later. And you always had pretty good programming jobs because you have programming skills. But the yep. fact that you were able to give up actual jobby jobs that gave you money, yep. that, that's incredibly brave. First of all, it's hardware and making hardware is hard. They should call yep. it difficult wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, yeah. Because they're giant competitors with huge yeah. amounts of money. And some of your competitors could make a product that completely fails and it won't matter to them because they'll exactly, just make yeah. another one. Yeah. And you are a guy renting a space with a small team. If your product fails, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah, true. But that is the, the thing is, if I compare it with the big companies, is uh, that I, I, I have the flexibility to do yeah this kind of stuff to do to Very move niche. to move uh, somewhere that i think like oh okay this is a good way to move and uh, with big companies it's more like they have a line and they keep a line and uh, uh, they can't really do the quirky moves to yeah, to, yeah. to to do something uh, that is not like let's say mainstream and it's not like you know they're totally fine mainstream instruments of course there are perfect you know it's like which <laughs> they're I love. amazing but it's it's that's that's a nice thing of being small and it, it's not really a team so i'm alone actually uh-huh. uh, doing this and uh, i get some help for production but uh, mainly oh, oh, okay. i do all the development and okay. things that's the good part of just being me because i can go all directions mm-hmm. at any point yeah if it makes sense or not, that's that's another thing. And then you can like uh, do stuff that you didn't that you didn't plan in the first place. And, sure. And it fits in your thing. And I think that's with big companies not possible. You know, they have no. like uh, plans and they have shareholders and 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 they have decided and no, sure. no, don't do the risks. And uh, it's that's that's a bit a different thing. Yeah. If you're the only shareholder, I guess you're the only one that you're going to let down. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And your and children. My, and my family, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's a part. And uh, what you said, yeah, I, I always had a full-time job uh, to work. Uh, yeah. And uh, in the evenings, I made my hobby projects or when I had time to do the stuff. And uh, yeah, and I had already a product ready and I started already to sell it. But I never had the idea to quit my day job because it was too risky for me. It just didn't make me. sense. Yeah, it, it was too too risky for me, and uh, because I have like uh, the family and mm-hmm. uh, the, we have to pay the rent and 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 so it's it was never came in my mind. And uh, we've been at friends and I had a chat about it and uh, thing, and they they are totally not into this thing. But they, right. they, they said like ah yeah yeah, but why why don't you just try it? You know, why why don't you just try it and, uh, uh, you know, if it fails, yeah, then you can get another job and things. And I have to say, in, in the Netherlands, as an uh, embedded engineer, what I am, or a developer, it's it's not a problem to get a job. No, I suppose not. And uh, so uh, uh, two weeks later, I quit my job after that. And before, I didn't think about it one minute, but I always had plan B and plan C. What sort of programming do you do? Because I, I, I actually have no idea. I'm embedded a developer and I'm doing programming for microcontrollers in different languages. Like for, uh, for for industrial purposes or? Yeah, like this. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There's a lot Embe- of demand embedded for Embedded development. And there's there's demand for that, especially yeah. here in this area. The, you you get job offers even if you don't look for a job. So, yeah. so that's that's a bit the situation. And that was like never never the idea to do this. And then it was like, boom, okay, I do this. All right, why not? <laughs> and uh, yeah, but it's going well. It's going well. Yes, I mean, it, I, it was building it up. Yeah, and that's also the strength of uh, what I think uh, w- what I do because I put all my energy in it. 
as mm-hmm. well. It's not like that I oh, get up at 12 because I can. You're right, right. And uh, oh, yeah, let's do like two, two hours and then... Oh, I'll do uh, it tomorrow. Yeah, so it's fine. It's, it's actually... And I thought like, okay, it would be fine because if you don't... If you don't... If you're not motivated this day, you just mm-hmm. stay home and just hang around and do the thing. No, for real. You, I, because you could it's do key. that. It's key. I, I think I did it one or two times. Yeah. In, I don't know, four or five years now. It's, you're, it's, it's okay like, to do it one or two times. Of course. Now it's a bit like uh, before you think, oh, you could do it. And then when, when you're on it. Right. And, and probably also because it's working well, then yeah. you keep on. You know, you don't lose the motivation. Okay. If it wouldn't have worked out, then it would probably also different thing. So the secret is actually thinking of it as as a job make make sure that it's your job instead of just continuing it in the hobby realm it has to get out of hobby space and really yeah really that that reminds me when i first got here i did all kinds of weird weird little jobs and i was mm-hmm. uh, supposed um like a, a gallery watcher at this installation yeah. that eric van Liesout did in the south in the in the south Pline mall you know who he is but i'm gonna tell tell other people eric van Liesout is a very famous dutch artist dutch people can get artist subsidies. Uh, This might sound crazy to an American audience (laughs) that the government gives artist subsidies. A lot of criticism from the people says that art is just a hobby for some people. And I I mean, in a way, they're right. Some people get these artist subsidies and they just wake up at 12 and they buy sneakers and then they get the next subsidy if they can. But I can tell you that this guy, this famous guy, he's not getting any subsidy. He probably got some kind of a subsidy. But this guy, every time I talked to him, he was like on fire to get back to the studio. Like, yeah, have to go to the studio every like he's like, I really need to get to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like constantly working. And that's kind of the thing. Like, you can't just start one of these things if you're just going to loaf around. Yeah, exactly. I think, so, yeah, except except for if you have the golden shot and then it's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> then it's uh if it's if it goes easy for you, right, like, right, like right. Like you know, if if you're or if you're that popular that it doesn't really matter what you do, it's special, mm-hmm. right? In but, a way. I mean, but how do you get to that point? You gotta like you gotta do something to get to that point, of right? Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. Of course, I don't, it's not uh, definitely not not easy uh, no. uh, for for people or for artists to to get the next funding or anything. It's yeah, that's, that's it's very competitive. It's very competitive. Yeah. It's less competitive than it is in America, but it is still competitive here, at least to get the real money. Yeah. Um, and, and then and then and then you you have to put the money in your work as well. You have to learn how to budget and do exactly like, you have yeah. to do all the stuff because y- yeah. yeah, you can't just live like high on the hog. You have you have to actually make something yeah. and things cost money. Anyway, I think that the fact that you were able to cut, quit your job means you know, that's a pretty significant level of success. Do, how do you how do you feel about success? Do you think of yourself as successful or is that like just ongoing or how do you look I, at I it? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think about this normally. Yeah. When I did this, then I, uh, oh no, when I, when I started this, uh, I made the first small batch of this uh, thing I made, mm-hmm. uh, the sequencer in that case. Then I thought, oh, I'll make uh, 50 pieces of it. Yeah. And then we'll see. And that's uh, different numbers now. It's a success because I thought already 50 pieces would be a success. Where does the success go? I think there's, the success is the whole thing. I don't know what, what you build up mm-hmm. and what uh, to, to, to be around yeah. is already a success, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And it can be much smaller than it is now. Yes. It could be a success already. Of course. 
That is, that's how we see it in a way. And uh, uh, what is more than success? More success. I don't know. I'm just wondering yeah. if you thought about it or if, if it's just something that the reason I think about it and the reason I started is just because, you know, I'm unemployed and it's a strange realization and it's hard to find a job. And yeah. I just feel like a basically like a failure. And <laughs> so I want to talk to people that seem to be doing things that are cool or it's not just people who do cool things. Like, obviously, everyone's not building synthesizers, but like, I, I'm going to talk to a high school teacher yeah. in a little while. I'm going to talk tonight. I'm going to talk to someone else. It's just like people who got to where they are. Maybe they had some ideas about what they wanted to do and, and maybe they reached those goals and maybe they didn't reach those goals. Yeah. And I want to talk to all of those people. I want to talk to the of people course, who yeah. fell on their face, too. When I first met you, I think the first time I met you was in New York for yes. a chip music thing. We were, Marlene and I drove down from Boston yeah. to visit Julian. And that's and that was the first time I met you. And it was before that you were with Luce. And it was before any of that. Yeah. It was like eons ago. You were a baby. And we were babies. We were, everyone was babies. That, that's also like a thing, you know. I was making a bit chip music, which yeah. is like a bit on the internet. And it's not popular popular anything but i could but make a, a community tour. I could, it's a community i could make a tour in the states you know that's like uh, how cool is that so you find this thing that you're really super into yeah and then and you you're can able make to it. turn into something else yeah. so i mean i don't know when you started that but that must have been i don't know 2005 2004 yes, so like I think it was a long time ago yeah. and now you're actually making your living doing that it's like it's like a, a kid who gets into skateboarding and becomes a pro skateboarder or yeah, or yeah like my, my friend's uh brother-in-law makes snowboarding videos it's kind of like that yeah. You're turning you, your passions you, into a job. Of course, yeah. And you, I see you with a big smile on your face yeah. now. And uh, I am also smiling. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, like, it's, you know, when, when, you, when you have a day job, then you uh, work from nine to five, then you go home. Yeah. And it's done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you do this, right. then uh, you work 24-7. And then it's not done. Either. It's never, yeah. That's the thing. Of course, I don't work twenty four seven. No, of course I, I not. But... I make normal hours still, but you know, yeah, well, you know, I I feel I feel like responsible for my products. Yeah, of course. Well. For example, I have the I my idea is just like uh, because I'm selling around the world. My idea is at this point, someone is let's say in the states mm -hmm. is uh, trying to make music, but this and this function doesn't work as he expected. Right. And I want to help him. Yeah. At this point, because what what is worse than being in flow, <laughs> and then something doesn't work as you want it? I feel re responsibility for that. But then again, this is also again the strength of that I can do what I want to do. You know, mm -hmm. like I I want to help him, right, or her, and uh, I want I want to be there, and I can be there. And uh, right. big companies they have like oh, a support line, and and they don't help you. Or you get uh, three days later, you get an answer of the email. Uh, we will, uh, uh, we will get into you. We will, we will look into it and get to <laughs> back to you. And right. I, I have the direct line. And if I feel it's a problem, then I make a direct line to be there to help or to say like, okay, hey, you can do it like this and this. And I, I see the issue and I will uh, take care Next of it. Next revision. I'll do. I'll deal with it in the next revision. Yeah, but but I often one hour later I send a new firmware oh. that he can do what he that wants thing. to do and then it will of course later go to the to, to the, the main revision one. or right. something and that's that's also like a thing because like a lot of people use things totally different right than I ever expected and then this can happen of course of course and uh, I have to say uh, it's uh, nice I don't have a lot of issues mm -hmm. um, that's that's a nice thing but that's also like uh, working 
to it because right. every every time when there was an issue, it was solved within uh, no time. When you when you have a problem with your, uh, uh, I want to say DVD player, but that's so nineties. <laughs> I don't know with what. If you have an issue and then now it's not getting solved, mm-hmm. maybe half year later, most probably not because you got to buy a new one. That, yeah, that's generally and that's, how it goes. that's the thing. Yeah. And uh, and my my strength here, and that's why I still sell this first product, is that I keep improving it. Right. And not, of course, I, I fix the issues, and they are rarely issues. I keep adding functions to it. And that's what, what people really like. And that's why it's... It... That's why it's successful, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We said, when we were talking about the chip music thing, it's like a community. Like, there's a community of, course, of people, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's why you were able to go on a tour in America. Which I paid myself completely. But still, you could go out and play sure. next to C- CGB, right. uh, C- CBGBs. 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 Yeah, exactly. CBGBs. Next to it. And Not uh, anymore, you can't. But it's. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but it, that was cool. You yeah, know? That it's was totally like, cool. Uh, yeah. It's totally cool. And just poking around online, you see that there's a community around the NerdSec as well. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a subsection of a larger community, but there are lots of firmware updates. It's not one of those things where you buy some kind of a niche product and. They say it's totally expandable, and then the company just kind of disappears, and there's yeah, never but, but any firmware I, updates. You know, it's 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 a bit a uh, thing. I I can understand when and why this happened. Let's say this this fancy Kickstarter project. Yep. Uh, comes there. It looks totally cool. You mm-hmm. have, they have a lot of backers. They made whatever half a million uh, uh, euros of it, and they don't. They can't deliver. Right. Because hardware is hard. Because hardware is hard, because uh, something in the production line went wrong, because they got a burnout, they mm-hmm. were not able to finish it. Mm-hmm. Because also, like also with the product, it's always the hardest part is is the last, let's say, the last ten meters. It's okay. the hardest part, you know. And, and the last ten meters sometimes take as much time as the kilometer before it. Yeah, you know, it's it, that's that's uh, the mile before it. No, thank, thank you. <laughs> people, people are listening. Oh, I'm so confused. What's yeah. he talking about? Yeah, no, no, but it, it's like uh, the the last. It, the last finishing touch is the most time-consuming thing. You know, I'm I'm someone. I have twenty projects running normally. Yeah, I'm that kind of guy. I don't finish one of these. I have them all kind of running, but I don't finish them. Yeah. Before I started the company, mm-hmm. or before, let's say, before I started to develop this product. Yeah. What I have now, before I made the company, I uh, uh, I wanted to focus only on this, and I had all the projects. I I uh, looked on them, uh, looked to them, and I uh, put them in, let's say, in front of me. And I said, "Okay, I, I pick uh, five of these projects right. that I will finish, and the rest I don't Just throw I it away. It. I leave it here." Yeah. And that's what I did. And I finished these uh, five projects. I think it was three projects or something. And then they were gone. Then I focused only on this one thing. Right. Yeah, I can I can imagine that because the, the, this project I finished, it was also always the last the last part that I had to finish mm-hmm. because I had a running thing like a kind of proof of concept thing. That that was also like uh yeah, oh, I'm not motivated to finish it because uh, yeah, it's running kind of and it's working for me. That's that's the part it's working right, for me right. and and then you you don't finish it. I did that and focus now on one thing. I don't have this anymore that I have like a yeah. lot of projects floating. And that's that's like a good part to concentrate on things. And I can can imagine going back to the Kickstarter thing to get to the last mile 
or maybe to find people to help you with last sure. mile because sure. it's like uh, it's to make interest. a product is is difficult in one person because you you don't you're not only hacking in the computer you have to uh, make the video for it you have to do the socials for it you have to right. order the parts at this company uh, you have to do and you have to do the bookkeeping and 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 all the stuff you, the boring you stuff. don't normally do yeah the boring stuff is the worst yeah and you have to uh, time schedule that that you maybe have to you know oh yeah I will release in one month and mm -hmm. then you have to be finished in one month or you have to be honest because I also delayed sometimes things but I was always open I have, everything I do is qu quite open so uh, if if I can do stuff then I uh, say oh yeah i can do it and if if i know it's it's maybe can't do it and i also say like it's maybe not possible i will try but it's, it's sure you know i'm, I'm very open promises exactly and i'm very open with stuff yeah that's that's the positive part of it and doing the last mile is probably also something i'm i can do and probably something why i have something that is working that the focus is, that is that is on there and that's uh, yeah. focus is key sometimes but it's not not always easy because also with every firmware it's it's also a lot of the last mile parts that I right. have to do because I have to function uh, running and it works well. But then, uh -huh. oh yeah, I have to do how uh, how you can edit it and uh, the workflow part, right. which is the most difficult uh, thing for me to think about, not to implement, but to think about it. Yeah, you don't know what other people's weird workflows are either. I know whenever I figure out some new software or something. Yeah, exactly. And then I watch a YouTube video, I'm kind of surprised how other people do the same thing that of I was course, doing. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, if you don't have a team, you can't always think yeah. about uh, how, would, how would, yeah, exactly. And how would, uh, how people would use it. And, yeah. uh, and uh, sometimes you think, oh yeah, that's good. And then, and you hear from someone, oh yeah, but that, that would be much easier. Look, uh, use this button yeah. or something. And then, oh yeah, huh, yeah that's, I didn't think about that's that. That's a no brainer. That's a bit, uh, yeah, the difficult part uh, of that to get the last mile done and to be ready for the release. So I'm very sorry for all this Kickstarter project who didn't make it in the end and uh, for all the backers uh, for it. But I can I can understand some part of it. Of course, not the not the people who earn Take some millions, millions and <laughs> and disappear somewhere yeah, or that's something. Terrible. I think the most are really intent to do I think something, they do too. And, and then it uh, maybe it turns out that they just don't understand that hardware is hard. Yeah, probably there are a lot of problems on the way to get there. I, I think, and so it's, uh, yeah, I, I had also problems on the way, but I couldn't manage them always so far. So far. Well, I mean, the thing is actually built now, so unless you're working on revision two, I suppose that it's all typing firmware, right? Oh, no, no. It's, it's like arranging the production, and that's, that's a big problem oh, okay. these okay. days because oh, of like course, of, the of course, of course, of course. Supply chain. Supply chain, exactly. That's, that's, that's a big problem. So like uh, when you uh, when you find out okay I'm running out of uh, this and this uh, component mm -hmm. and then you look it up and you get like okay uh, uh, March 2023 Ooh, as that's a tough. delivery date and you need it uh, next week something like this uh, that's hard yeah if if you are in in the business let's say it like this in the electronics then you know already quite some time that this is going to happen yeah or uh, you are you are warned people heard it in the news. Before it ha started to happen, we knew it before. Yeah, that that point already that it's going to be going to happen. I bought a, a lot to survive for a year to be able to produce for a year. Was that enough? So, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then it started for me as well. But but I I could manage that as well. You do some risks. 
of course, like uh, if, if you need a microcontroller or this kind of thing, uh, you can go to brokers and they make a, a, a okay. horrible price for you for the same thing. But at least you get it. And and you hope you get a good thing because that that can happen that you oh you get just subpar like, pro- you get subpar components yeah or or like a, a, a fraud uh, a, a, oh not like they don't even work could be but I made always like good uh, thing like uh, getting the examples and uh, get it assembled and check if it's if it's the real thing and uh, yeah I could manage it so far and yeah we are not over this now but. Nope. Um, probably still takes one more year or something until it's settling again. That's a bit a difficult part because I have to take care for the production and I'm also doing products which belong to the ecosystem that I'm doing, like the NerdSec, that's the sequencer, mm-hmm. and you have expansion modules for it. And they're also own products in a way, so I still have to develop them, I still have to uh, produce them. It just occurred to me that it could be that some people listening to this don't know what that stuff is. The, the main product is called NerdSec. Yeah, Nerd and Sec for Sequencer. There you go. What's a sequencer? sequencer. Synthesizers are music generators. You can see it as like your keyboard. Most could people be. probably picture a keyboard. Yeah, a keyboard, exactly. Well, the keyboard has uh, presets like a piano sound or like... Uh, Vibes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, with the sequencer, you can control this keyboard so you could record things into it and then you can replay it on the keyboard, but uh, it's more like that you really compose on my sequencer, mm-hmm. compose the music and uh, you have the multi-tracks so you can compose on different layers. And then in detail, this is a Eurorack sequencer. And Eurorack is a, a kind of a system which which goes down back to the 70s or even earlier when there haven't been these keyboards to make your music, it hasn't been there. So, uh, and there are different kinds of modules, which are like parts that are built in the keyboard as a module. Like you put it in a, in a, uh, in a rack, put your screws in there, and then you connect cables in front of it mm-hmm. to another module. So good. And so you build up your own kind of sounds. And then there are oscillators, which are like tone generators. And then there are filters, which make the sound of the tone uh, uh, more interesting. Yeah. And then there are envelopes which control the volume. We get, for example, like this uh, sound of a bell. It's like, bang, and then it fades out. That's that's an en- envelope that's generating it. And uh, uh, to get to recreate nat- natural sounds, that's that's what it's done for. Of course, it sounds synthetic, and that's the goal also of it. You know, if, it if you want sound a bell exactly sound, like a bell. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's that's the interesting part, of course, of it. But with this Eurorack system or modular system, Eurorack is just one part of it. There are different uh, modular systems. With this, you generate your own sounds, and there are also sequences for this to generate your music. But most of them have been very uh, simple. Like that they do eight steps. That means eight steps like dun, 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 okay. dun, 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 dun. Then you begin with the first step again. So very simple thing. Can be really nice. It's repetitive and it, you create loops. And of course, it can be more interesting. Uh, you make short melodies. And that's the bit also typical thing for Eurorack or modular music. That's like repetitive music sure, and sure. Uh, drones and uh, things. I've decided to put this into Eurorack. Because it's it's more than just like this loops. You can create whole songs with it and things. And that's like one part. It's not one part that was was missing because there are other sequencers which are also complex or more powerful. Mm-hmm. But it's one of them. It's one of the powerful sequencers there. That's one creation tool that you can use to make your music with a Eurorack system. You can uh, compare it with like a, a DAW 
in your computer. Yeah. Uh, digital, digital audio workstation. Exactly. But then a bit a bit more limited because it's an embedded system. Of course, your computer runs on gigahertz with yeah, yeah, a pretty, gigabyte of memory and uh, with a wide screen and everything and yeah. uh, or two screens or even more. But I'm not going to bring the iMac to up on stage. No, no. I guess no. you could, but Yeah. <laughs> and and this one is of course an embedded system. Right. But then it's it's dedicated for it so it doesn't run an operating system I think. So that's that's sure. just a bit a different part. And and the you, the whole Eurorack scene is is like a com- constantly growing. So it's like I think th- I don't know the numbers now, but uh, at some point it was like uh, some years ago it was like forty percent growing a year. Something. Oh wow, wow! So uh, so yeah. there's a it's, big it's market. Also kind of yeah, it's kind of also getting hip to be there, and it's for a lot of musicians, uh, which made uh, music with computers. The next step. To like, oh yeah, I want to make my own sounds and don't right. want, don't want to use the sounds that are available. No, I want to create my own things and I want to research music. I want to research sounds. Yeah, and that's that's also why it's interesting. You know, it's like uh, when when you're into something, you want to at some point you want to know how, how it's done, how 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 you make it, and uh, that's that's like what a lot of people feel. And of course, it's it's trendy also to have like this this big module in front of you with weird looking thousands stuff. cables and uh, <laughs> it does look cool. And every time uh, when you're at the airport, uh, they uh, reach they <laughs> ask if it's if it's a bomb or not, and uh, this kind of stuff. There are a lot of video photos of that when if someone was standing there again with the security guy and explaining. I I never be stopped, but uh, if if I get stopped, then I'll say like hey, I'm a DJ. Yeah, that's it. Then, then it works it because they don't know Just, <laughs> anyway. So and I'm not a this DJ. Euro rack nerd sack blam blam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you turn it on? Uh. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, um, what's the genesis of your interest in 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 this stuff? When when did you start? Well, I, I don't even know what, what what's better to approach. When did you start with electronic music? Did you do other types of music before you started getting into electronic music? Uh, let's say when I started with, with electronics. Uh, ah, okay, that was my next question. Okay, <laughs> but no, do what I you think. Go that's, for. that's that's the timeline. That's okay, the timeline. time electronics first. The electronics first, because uh, I was in the uh, what's the name uh, like in the box as a small kid, and my. Mother gave me a radio and screwdriver and uh, turned it on. <laughs> no, and, for real? Uh, yes, <laughs> because I always did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing uh, opening stuff, so that was fun. And uh, maybe I, I have in my head, and maybe it's not like this. You know, in in eighties, seventies uh, electronics, the capacitors had like uh, they were fancy, like uh, looked like big like chewing gums with different colors yes. and things. And maybe this was like uh, what was, I really liked. Uh, does look cool. I don't know. And then I was always busy with that, doing like uh, electronic stuff from early age. Okay. And and I always made music. or would played in in a band. And what do you play? I was a bass player. Okay. Bass and keyboards, mostly. Yeah. But, they, you know, I never really learned yeah, making music. Yeah, because take lessons or, or just, no, 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 just messing around was, with your friends? Yeah, and then and, in and school band. And, of course, I learned a bit there, but I didn't really learn an instrument. I could play the guitar, but I could do all the chords. Yeah. But that's, that's it, not really uh, mm-hmm. deeper than that. I understand. And I know where the keys on the keyboards have been, but that's, that's all, you know. It's like not sure. like... A, but I was always busy with that, and I was always... Uh, Going on with that, and I liked home computers, which brings us to the chip music part. So right. I was always also into computers, and uh, and and then I started making music with the computers, which was a special thing, of course. Yeah, back in the I I would say early nineties, maybe or 
end of the 80s. Uh, I made music well, like uh, playing, playing on the computer keyboard, playing the notes there and uh, doing something. And then uh, later, like also using sequencer programs on these home computers to create songs. Now, is this an Amiga or is this, I know. I, I, I have to say this was already PC times. Okay. Early PC I just, times. I just asked if it was an Amiga because but, of you But know, before it was Commodore 64, I never had an Amiga okay. back in the day. Don't worry about it. It's not so necessary. <laughs> I, I have a big home computer collection now and have uh, all, all the computers, but not but back not, then I didn't have. Right. So I only had the cheap one. <laughs> But it was still that's that make that's also like uh, makes you creative if you have the limitations. Sure, that's that's uh, right. Of and then what I, what I always like with chip music, like uh, to to create with the limitations to create something still nice. So yeah, I made always this music for me and listening to friends, and they like, oh yeah, it's nice. It sounds a bit like computer game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was yep. And then and then it was like I think nineteen ninety eight. I was going to demo parties also, and demo parties is like uh, where like computer uh, programmers and hackers and stuff meet up in a big board uh, room with uh, 500 computers and everyone brings his gear. Yeah. And they're making competitions who's uh, uh, coding the best demo, who's uh, doing the best music uh, okay. on the thing. And uh, I, I went there and I joined it. I joined also a music com competition. I failed totally. <laughs> awesome. Somehow... My songs uh, came uh, through the internet to some other uh, portal, and that was like a community called Micro Music. That's where I also met uh, Julian yeah. and uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot more people. That little American guy in the jumpsuit. Exactly. Yeah. I don't remember his name. <laughs> you. I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know I'm talking about yeah, California. Set. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, but but exactly that's that's like it was like a kind of community that was before Facebook and before yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all this uh, social uh, stuff sure. was going on. This was like a, they also called it a community more than like a platform where you can download music or yeah. upload music. And uh, and then when they started, they ask they they sent me mail. Hey, I found your songs. Could we use it? Uh, we we are busy with this platform and uh, put music and uh, yeah, and if they could use it. And uh, so I was there from the begin. In this community, yeah. and it was growing really fast. It's exciting, somehow. though. It was, a, I mean, it must have been super exciting. Yeah, because at at this point, it was like directly. Oh, there are more people exactly. than me How interested crazy. in this. This thing. is the good thing about the internet. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then and that was like uh, this motivation part again, like oh yeah, cool. And then then you produce more, yeah. or you make more than you did before. Yeah. And uh, like oh yeah, motivation and uh, and then it started also to play live at some point. That was mm -hmm. like uh, two thousand two thousand one, going on stage with that, and then we're going with the home computers or with the Game Boy and with this uh, kind of limited instruments on stage and played, and it worked. I don't didn't work all at, always, but it worked most of the time. So that's uh, but but I think that's always the thing with uh, 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 non mainstream music or when you're like a small uh, musician and uh, <laughs> the stakes are low. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but it's that's that's the thing, and I'm uh, totally realistic about that. Or oh, now I am. Then back then I thought like, oh cool, uh, oh I can do it. And if 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 an evening went well and we had a cool party, and then I was like, yeah, I can make it, uh, can go big, and uh, can live from music. Of course, uh, it never happened. And there's <laughs> there's also a reason for it because it's too niche. Hey, but well, but then there was there was a moment though. No, there is there is now there is a moment where this is big. This happened some years ago where it really was increasing. And now there's a big, big scene, not not 
not only chip music anymore, but the whole culture is big. My my daughter and she's not uh, she's listening chip music songs. Not because of I you. don't even know about. And oh, for she's real? not uh, not because of me because she didn't. She's too small. And and when I was still active in chip music, that she was uh, uh, not born yet. And uh, and right after that, I, I at some point I stopped a bit with with this uh, with chip music and things because uh, uh, there there was there was a thing like I, I was always using old home computers uh, to make the music and yeah. thing. and uh, and then um, there was a software for the Game Boy or a cartridge called Little Sound DJ yeah. which was really cool a really cool composition tool. I think that's what music. you were using when I when I met you in New York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, everyone was using it at some point because it's convenient. You don't have to load it. You don't have to put, take your disk drive and. Right, your home computer, yeah, which is like fragile and big, and everything. No, you can just put it in your backpack, your mm -hmm. Game Boy, and make music with it. And at some point, everyone was making music with the Game Boy, and I got a bit bored of that because it all sounded the same in the end. Okay, and these old home computers—they're all special with their all own characteristic of sounds. If the whole evening of, of a party sounds <laughs> like the same artist. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it's good, but but it's sometimes it's it's yeah, you want to move further. I understand. And and I made so then then uh, I think it also like in 2006 I made for this Game Boy for this Game Boy cartridge I made a MIDI interface so you could uh, uh, synchronize it and can control it with your normal sure uh, gear with your music instruments so a lot to of, extend lot of sounds for those at home who don't know what the MIDI interface entails musical instrument digital interface it exactly. lets you use all kinds of sampled instrument sounds or created sounds to make yeah. things sound differently it's it's just like a, your your connection from the controller to the sound generator that's that's uh, there you go yeah yeah what, yeah that's actually what it is to connect them together to synchronize them together that they're all running on the same clock and uh, so that that's what midi is used for and i made this for the game boy and so people could connect it to to all their other gear and have everything synchronized and then it's 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 more than then you have to like big synthesizer sounds and then to, together with the game boy music for example and that that's what i did back then uh, also uh, as a hardware project Mm -hmm. And with that, I financed uh, my studies, uh, and that's that's nice. But I worked already, and before I went 30, I said, like, okay, I do all this electronic stuff, but I don't have the diploma. Where would you get that? The, Just... the grade. I don't have the grade for it. So I so I oh. stopped, stopped my work and uh, went back to study, to study the stuff that I did already. <sighs> that's brutal. I financed it with this Game Boy uh, MIDI interface. I sold it to people. How old were you then? Uh, before I went 30. So I worked already 10 years. That's so cool. And stopped then uh, to, to get this, uh, yeah, to, to get the grades. But at some point I, I stopped with this chip music thing, uh, or at least I stopped making so songs myself. Right. Say like this. I followed it still. I'm still following it a bit. And also my sequence is also a bit like uh, based on this kind of uh, things, but then it's more, more than this. So it's also like a full grown thing. It does have the aesthetic of the, the chip music community. It does. It yeah, does. For yeah. sure. But I think it's, it's more like combining worlds because you, you can hate chip music, but use this as a complete sequencer sure it's so yeah it's, it's not it's not it's, it's not, not just a chip, for chip music it's not for chip music so yeah. that's that's the thing so that's uh that's why what, what i also had in from the beginning in my mind i don't want to create a chip music instrument right so that's that's what i didn't want to do but i wanted to be able to do both parts or all the parts so that's, and if uh, chip music if chip music people want to use it then that's great oh and they're using it also and they're so using it yeah 
they, yeah, that, that's that's a bit like uh, how it how it went with the chip music scene. Uh, yeah, well, and I play, played around, and that's the, the fun part with this micro music part, and it was growing, and you see like worldwide stuff is going on, and it brought me to the states that I could play there. Yeah. I played like a, a lot of Europe. I played in 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 Russia, and so there, yeah, that's that's cool stuff you don't do normally. At but even stuff. just in town here, like I know you get you played at what Rotown or at. Um... Worm. Yeah, played, worm, yeah, worm like yeah. a million times, right? I mean, just having that in your town and going and being being able to go and play at the cool place. In yeah, town, yeah, yeah, awesome. it, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really, yeah. That, that, That's that, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is, uh, it is great. I mean, it's amazing for me. I think it's cool. You know, it, it, I, I always liked also the thing around it because uh, uh, with this kind of stuff, you don't go to the hotel and uh, uh, and uh, kill the mini bar. Yeah. Or something. You go to no. the actual you, bar, you, you, have a drink, you meet, and go home. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, you, you, uh, you, uh, uh, you meet up with the people who is who are organizing it, uh, who are also into chip tune. I, I always try to be there for some days. Yeah. And then you go around town with them. They show you the the nice places, okay. not the tourist stuff. And you 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 hang around with them. You mm-hmm. have breakfast with them and do stuff. And I organize also some stuff. At my place, when I still lived in Germany in Wuppertal, and then people were coming there and and stayed at my place for some days, and uh, yeah. we did some things, like the guy in the, in the jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the chip music organizer, and he was coming here as well. And that that was like uh, also one of the nice parts. You know, you you go around, you have a concert there, and yeah. you you can be in in the town it's a cultural in, in exchange it's nice. yeah exactly exactly it's it's like uh couch uh, surfing but in uh yeah, in, a, in a way that you also really have contact with the people and sh- and then exchange also how you do it and how they do it and uh sure a, a lot of non-chip tune talk as well yeah. so that's uh I think it's hard to find those communities now. Like you always read about how all these amazing artists used to drink in the same bar and stuff, or this one was writing letters to that one, and you could go and find the letter collection of this author writing to some other author. These amazingly beautifully written letters, yeah, <laughs> like exchanging ideas. It's it's uh it's nice that that still sort of exists. Yeah, but that was twenty years ago, huh? That's yeah, like uh, does it still uh, exist though? I, 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 I mean, it must. Of course, it must, of right? course, yeah. But I think it's 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 cha- it changed a bit because uh, uh, around 2000 of course the internet was there and uh, things were there but uh, but it was also uh, not settled like it is now yeah. there was not like this thing of uh, YouTube influencers showing you what, to, what you have to like or what you sure, should sure. like and yeah, and, yeah, and do all the work for you they had, back then you have to, to do the work for yourself sure. you ask people uh, be here be there uh, be there and now it's like an influencer making a whole thing about something and and this, the surrounding this of the it Bible. yeah yeah that, that, <laughs> that's that's a bit bit different thing or, sure. or maybe someone writing a blog about it and that was also before blogs were in more like yeah, a, yeah. oh I have a website and I make a, write something about music a bit more like this uh, can you be a, I have also a link page and then I can link you also on the thing and then you have a lot of links uh, there that's not 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 there anymore i think i think anyway the internet exists only of uh, two social uh, media sites and uh, it is the dominant the dominant force yeah it, it's it's crazy and that's also where, where people spend the most time 
And uh, that was different then. And then then you were like, oh, f- going from this website, you know, and then you see on the link list and you look on another site. Oh, that's interesting. And and they, they had also a link list there Yeah. and go to another site again. And uh, that that's a bit different. These are it's act- totally different. These are actual is... recommendations from people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, totally different than an algorithm that you... The, the, alg- the algorithm isn't always your friend. It does help sometimes when you're shopping for something, but sometimes it's just not great. It's a problem of our future. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna become sentient and destroy us all. Maybe it already is. I think it's a problem because it's uh, it's limiting. Uh, I think. I feel like I discussed this with somebody else on the podcast in um, academia. Everybody is is starting to cite the same articles for their yeah. papers. So instead yeah. of having a, a, a wide variety of viewpoints, you're starting to, the viewpoints are getting narrower and narrower because you can just search for them. Yeah, and exactly. Find, oh, oh you find them directly. This, so yeah. it must be the, the definitive source. Yeah. And everyone, the definitive source is being basically curated by Google. Yeah. <laughs> Which is problematic. It is problematic. Yeah, but the, and which is totally different from the early times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I don't know if, if twenty two thousand wasn't wasn't that early anymore. I think. Uh, I, I well, I, I I'd say internet culture in two thousand was significantly different than it is now. Yeah. In two thousand, I certainly wouldn't have been searching the internet for instructions on how to do everything. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 you was but you you have been. Surprised then? I, I could find, oh, that manual. Oh, how cool is exactly. that? I, uh, I'm looking for this since so long time. And, and I uh, do love it. And it's, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough, to, uh, t- it's tough to break away from it. But there's, cause there's so many resources. And, I, and I, even le- learning software and stuff, I use it all the time. Yeah. Shopping, everything. It's a valuable, valuable resource, but it is also... It's time, consu- it, kind, time consuming. It's, in, my, in my, I try to like uh, not, when I'm developing. Yeah. I, I I turn it off. That's good. Just to to stay focused on my thing because I know that I would be uh, just like, let me check uh, one thing. I just got to check this. Yeah, but it, it it stops your flow also. Yeah, it does. You got to get into the flow. I find that once I'm in the flow, I'm good. But it is easy to distract me. Um, your education. You said you talked about going back to school later on, but what? Yes. Like, did you learn about programming and stuff? Before that, before that, yeah. So uh, I had a bit critical uh, school years. I was uh, like a, a bit of a problem. I never made my homework, and I was actually elementary school. There was a problem already. Never made my homework and things, and then I ended up uh, like uh, the high school was like the lower high school. Okay, you know now you know about uh, uh, the problem kids that was always like uh, on the chair, sure. like uh, going Adi, around Adi and, Adi and all that. And then and and and, and now they can they deal they, with they, it. They, they can deal with it, and they know if if someone is on the spectrum or sure, sure. or at least you can you you and then you can get also uh, uh assistance assistant for it yeah yeah and things to be able to handle it sure and i don't i don't know if i if i have h uh, a ADHD. adhd yeah a thing but but i had problems sure so uh, I made law school. I I, I uh, made one year twice because I didn't handle it, and mm-hmm. uh, still didn't make my homework and didn't go to school and wow, this 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 kind of stuff. Yeah, but I was able to finish it, the school, and then going for a job. Yeah, 
and there are a lot electronics basics uh, on, but the, on the job on a job so in in germany you you uh, wow. uh, you learn for a job and in, in, instead of for example i i stopped school at my 10th year if you if you can do three three more years if you're like uh, going to the gymnasium or things yeah, yeah, yeah. then you can go to the university yeah but i stopped at 10 and then you normally start to learn for a job like uh, car me uh, mechanics or something sure. like this and that's what i did and it was like in electronics yeah and then then it was like uh, also in my i would say in my brain it makes a bit the click like for sure. and most probably also because that's what i wanted to do that's that's also the thing i i always had trouble with stuff i don't want to do and i was really good in the stuff i wanted to do or i liked were you working on electronics projects all all along since oh no 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 yeah but but I did stuff like like uh, disassembling the radio and trying yeah. to get uh, the police uh, band uh, to oh, okay, listen to okay, the police okay. band. This kind of stuff like uh, sure. hacking these things, yeah. kind of, but not with not with the knowledge of doing it. I was trying to program on my computers back then, but I didn't understand the books. The time was not right. No, for but me also for that. it's nice to have a project, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, like like looking at the book and saying type this, and then like a line will draw or whatever is kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. Boring. But 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 then. Uh, I could do this already. I did yeah. that. I changed uh, basic programs and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tried to hack in there, hack there. But but like uh, all this uh, uh, logic, mathematics, and this kind of stuff, I just didn't get it at this point when I started. But I, maybe I was ten or something, and I just couldn't <laughs> read the book. It was too, you know. Maybe I had the wrong book, and was already uh, expecting uh, like a higher knowledge of yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, or yeah, something. Of and I I learned then programming with this when learning the the job. Mm -hmm. So it's like four days work, one day school, or two days school. So it was like combination of things. And uh, and then I could do stuff and could do a bit of programming, and I I liked it. So I learned myself more and more of it. Sure, I'm always like a do-it-yourself guy, learning by doing. Yeah. And uh, like uh, now it it's like if if I don't know anything, then I teach myself how to do it, reading the sources or sure. getting there and uh, try to, to understand it. And that's that's something I missed before, but that, that's something I can do very good now because it's it, it's interesting and that's that's the motivation to be able to get there. Yeah, well, that's, that's like if you have a project in mind, then, then it makes it easier. I was looking up to refresh my mind about your stuff. I found a video online of you in some kind of a basement or something and thomas k was was recording you working on this vocoder project is like an old guitar pedal or something that you yeah, had the, the... that you had attached a midi midi interface to and anyway it was just it was kind of hilarious because thomas has been on the podcast as yeah, well yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and, and, and so you hear him and his thomas voice i am thomas k yeah. i'm in rational and you're saying and you've got this microphone yeah exactly but this kind of projects i i did all the time and with this you learn also stuff yourself about things or oh how can i do it and then i you know i'm able to to learn myself this stuff and that's uh, mm -hmm. yeah and then that was my school so not good at first yeah but then in secondary the second try was like uh, because i w did what i wanted to do and right uh, stuff and that was like uh, sleeping and uh, getting the, the grades and that was with when I was uh, I was working, and then when I was uh, before what, thirty years, so like I I need the grades for it. I need a diploma. I need my uh, because else I would have worked always with a low uh, wages, but doing the work for the high for, wages. Right, of course, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's that's what I did already. But that's also typical German. Uh, you need this paper 
to show and then you get a good job and then you get a good work. Right. And then you get paid for it. And Only this, with the paper, not with the experience. It's different in the Netherlands, I have to say. Is they, it? They, yes, yes. Okay. Because no one is interested in the papers here. You, you, well, you, for programming, maybe. Uh, well, but for programming, probably also for uh, other stuff. Yeah. It's, it's more like, okay, you say you can do it or you, you, you learned it and you mm -hmm. can do it and then you are there, you show it and then it's fine. Okay. It sounds to me that your whole trajectory is based on uh, your interests. And I think that that's super cool. I, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's inspiring to me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how I, I would apply it to myself. I don't have the same sort of thing. Did, I just, I just think it's super cool. I, I would, it's not something that would ever occur to me to give up my income to build a musical instrument and it's working out. And I think that's great. It's it's a bit it's it's in a way crazy for me especially because I've never was someone of risk yeah uh, so we didn't have a lot of money with my parents so uh -huh. it was like uh, and I was I had uh, always the idea oh, I don't want to have this later yes and uh, uh, so and that was an, so I always worked and uh, always or never took any risks and this is like the biggest risk you can take when you already have the family and stuff you know like. Uh, but I tried it. It's okay, but it's, uh, it keeps, yeah. It keeps the bills paid. <laughs> it, it keeps the bills paid. It keeps and you occupied. It, it keep, yeah, it keeps my, me occupied and, and that I have to go on with this. That's, that's, that's the, it's not like that I can change the job. Oh, I don't like this company anymore. I, ch I change the job or something. So. <laughs> yeah, the boss is a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just tell me every day, like on the mirror, like oh, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you have to go to work. <laughs> I, I think we're done. Do you have something that you'd like to share? Can I do some great? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. No. Yeah. yeah I'm thinking uh, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah. That was Thomas. If it wasn't clear, I'm very impressed. Not only with Thomas's skills, but also that he has the guts to drop reliable paid employment for something as challenging as building synthesizers and sequencers. In this case, I think the key to making small-scale hardware production work is intimacy. The market is niche, and he doesn't ignore his customers. He keeps open lines of communication with his market, and he listens and gives them what they need. Seems obvious, but it's not always easy or even possible to do that. If you want to let me know what you need, I keep an open line of communication. Send me an email or something. Mail at feelfreetodeviate.com. But no promises. You can find Thomas's company and NerdSec at the XOR Electronics website. That's xor-electronics.com. He's also on social media. On Instagram, he's XOR Electronics. On Facebook, he's XOR Electronics. He also has a NerdSec Facebook page, and that's N-E-R-D-S-E-Q, as in sequencer. For the old-school blippity chip music flavor, check out www.firestarter-music.de. Of course, you can also check out Feel Free to Deviate all over the freaking internet. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Feel Free to Deviate. Feel free to like, comment on, and share the stuff there. Also go to feelfreetodeviate.com if you like visiting websites. If you'd like to send me a message, you can send smoke signals if you're careful. But if you're more practical, send an email to mail at feelfreetodeviate.com. Check the show notes for the actual links that I just mentioned. Oh, and speaking of links, special thanks to Ed from boomkas.com, that's B-O-O-M-K-A-A-S.com, for his masterful audio editing and post-production. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me, Thomas. I really appreciate it. 
And thank you, dear audience, for listening to us talk. I sincerely hope that you're getting something out of all this. Next up is Gretchen Licata. The name may sound familiar because I talked to her man, Ben, a few episodes ago. Gretchen is the facilities director of the Pioneer Valley School District in Western Massachusetts. You can hear all about that in two weeks. Thanks again for listening. You're a peach. Bye.